0: Welcome to Beyond the Board, a podcast that explores the themes and real-life inspirations behind our favorite games. On today's episode of Beyond the Board, we'll be discussing the game Smash Up. Smash Up is a shuffle-building card game designed by Paul Peterson and produced by Alderac Entertainment Group in 2012. Smash Up is for two to four players, and a typical game takes 45 minutes to play. Enjoy the episode! Take that back! Solid, clean start to a
1: podcast. I'm Mike Riemann, and I'm Spencer Campbell, <laughs> and this is Beyond the
0: Board. And today we're talking about Smash Up. Are we? I hope so. Well, I don't think we. We're not very you know, much. Just for a little bit. But first, how are you? I'm good. The caffeine high that usually fuels us through these processes is slowly dying away for me. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's probably for the best. I'm a little more grounded now. that's good. yeah, it's always good to be grounded. but I'm gonna get jacked up talking about something a little <laughs> bit later, so I need this this lull before I come shooting back up. Yeah, that stuff's like your drug.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't even I don't even want to mention the word because you're <laughs> just gonna say it eighty times. But you're good. I was just talking about how great you were. so you're- yeah. <laughs>
0: I d I didn't mind that. I, I hope you would recorded all of that. Uh, nope, deleted mm, it. That's it's, all be, it's all gone now. I am good though. I'm, I'm really good. This is gonna be a, a fun weekend ahead. There's the recording that's going on today. We've got a game night going on tomorrow, sure playing some board do. games. That'll be fun. And then two nights in a row of role playing. So God, that's it's kind of my dream long weekend sort of thing. I got all my work it's done. Like your birthday. I know. I'm I'm very excited. That's <laughs> how you exciting.
1: doing? I'm good. I'm good. I start a new job on Monday. so Congratulations. Takes, thank you. Oh, stop. Stop it. No, you're okay. the best. Oh. <laughs> oh, he stopped it. Uh, so that'll be fun. And uh, we've got board game night coming up. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'll be there. You'll uh, eventually be at a role-playing night. I will. We are starting a regular campaign. which should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Maybe we'll twitch it. No, nah, probably not. Nah,
0: Maybe but it will be will. fun sci-fi bunch of greenhorns too which will be good yeah it'll be fun taking you under my wing and guiding you through a dangerous yet hilariously alien filled galaxy you're like a demon uh, right. that is what dungeon masters st- or dm stands for it's <laughs> D- demon <Mon>. demon <laughs> <Okay>. maestro <laughs> now i just imagine a, demo and a, t- a demon in a tux oh man <laughs> with a baton i need to somehow uh, incorporate that into one of my campaigns uh, demon maestro i'll think about that That's Perfect.
1: so we're talking about smash up oh right <laughs> uh smash up it's the uh deck creating game well not really creating game but you you pick multiple decks and you try to take over bases but the fun part is that you can use different factions and so you can have different decks every time uh different factions include ninjas pirates dinosaurs zombies all your your stereotypical factions um you know like a robots and and uh, wizards and tricksters and they have all these expansions with I think Gangsters is one of them. And...
0: I mean, it helps settle the long-standing disputes that people have of who are cooler, who or who would win in a fight, ninjas or pirates. Or, or... cowboys
1: versus aliens. Exactly. Great
0: movie. Pretty good movie. <laughs> um, but this game is kind of designed to allow you to create scenarios that are just like that. So like you said, there are these bases. Like we have a, a ninja dojo in front of us here, or a mothership, like an alien mothership. And you pick two factions... You just shuffle these decks together, and these decks are filled with minions and action cards. So the minions, you're placing on bases, and they have, like, a certain strength to them, trying to, like, add a certain amount of strength to your side of the base to capture it. Yeah, you're trying to break the threshold on the base. So if the base is 20 and your minions
1: all together equal to 20 or over, then you break the base's threshold, and you get the points for that. But the other team also gets the points for all the ones he has or she has
0: on that same base, and then you have these, these action cards that you're playing, too. They're kind of like spells or instant cards if you play magic or something like that. They do interesting things. Like, for instance, the, the ninja action cards are all about destroying minions. They're just like, and I kill this minion because it has a certain thing. Like, uh, destroy a minion of power three or less, Sneaky instance. assassin. Right. And the, the, the zombies are all about putting things into the graveyard, into the discard pile, and then reviving them and putting them back onto the battlefield. Brain's so Brain's brain these factions really do play to the, the feel of the faction. And it's, it just kind of plays out in these fun scenarios of mm-hmm. what if there were ninjas and zombies, like who could possibly stop them if those two forces combined against uh, the rest of the world?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they all, they all fit their theme. Obviously zombies racing from the dead and dinosaurs with giant mechanical uh, guns on their back. Yeah,
0: that that <laughs> faction's interesting. That's a mashup, right that's, there. That's a mashup,
1: and you mash it up with more mashup. So right. if they're dinosaurs, and they have, they're like, uh, I don't want to say Land of the Lost Dinosaurs because those, there's there's like Beast Wars almost. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> Dinobot. Uh, but it's just dinosaurs with giant machines on their backs, and it's all about powering up your minions and making them stronger. So things that are already strong and making them stronger, like dinosaurs with machines on their back as they would also pirates pirates are all about moving from base to base which they have their ships so it totally makes sense Mm -hmm. um but it's a it's a fun game it's a very pretty game there's a lot of really good art in it it gets a little overwhelming sometimes because there is a lot of color but it's fun it's fun to mix and match and figure out what's the the best little combo that works for you against a different
0: combo and that's the whole that's the whole thing it's mix- mixing and matching, it's smashing up, it's making mashups. And mm-hmm. so, we sat down and we decided that for today's episode, we were going to talk about our favorite mashups. Yeah, this is a
1: top 10 slash not really 10, only like 6 episode.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a, a list episode where Mike and I, we've, we've sat down independently, we wrote down some of our favorite mashups of genres uh, across various media types, and we're going to just chat about them and talk about... What are our our favorite things to see blended together? Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's let's start going down these lists. Fire fire away, Spencer. Okay, I will start then with a role playing game. Uh, what's it called? It's called Deadlands. Mm. Uh,
1: so is Deadlands is a mashup of being dead and then
0: like landing and then some landing plan? somewhere. Yeah, it's pilot, it's skeletal pilots. Okay, what it actually is <laughs> is the Wild West, but they don't call it the Wild West. They call it the Weird West. Mm. So it's a role-playing game set in an alternative history of the United States that has a little bit of a tinge of weird or the occult or horror to it. So you, you build characters that are very much archetypes of the Western. You've got your gunslinger, you've got your preacher, you've got your uh, bar maiden, you've got, I mean, the, the crazy prospector. You can, you can build your character however you want. And in town, usually everything's kind of as it seems. You can go. You can have a duel with someone who mouthed off to you. You, can get you like you do. A, you get a shot of whiskey at the bar, but as you ride between towns, that that expanse between civilization is where the critters live, and they're called critters because they are. They're not the sorts of creatures that we're used to seeing between uh, between towns in the Wild West. These are these are monsters. They are there are monsters afoot in the Wild West. And they're they're really kind of weird, sick kind of twists on the things that we're used to. Like the chupacabra, that that famous legendary monster, is in this world. And like jackalopes are like an actual critter that you can run into. <laughs>
1: just the other day, I I to to just the other day, I always thought a jackalope was a real thing. <laughs> Oh no! So Mike. Like, I said, "Yeah, jackalopes," and somebody's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And I was like, "You know a jackalope," and I pulled it up on my phone, and I was like, "You know one of these things." And they're like, "That's not real." I was like,
0: "Yeah, it is," and I looked it up.
1: Man, I'm oh, a dummy.
0: That's it was really embarrassing. I'm sorry that happened to so you. So sad. But the cool thing about Deadlands <laughs> is <laughs> the cool thing about Deadlands is the rule system. At least the the more modernized version. There, it's a, it's called Deadlands Reloaded. It uses Savage Worlds. And uh, so Savage Worlds is a dice-based role-playing system. But the cool thing is that they have incorporated decks of cards into how the game is played as well. Um, And that's just a part of Savage Worlds in general. But it it fits so well into, and they they write specific rules in Deadlands so that it it hits on those ideas. Like, you know, playing poker in a saloon is a big idea. Or just the, the absolute kind of randomness and fate involved with the world. And so there's kind of the blending of the rules in terms of dice and then... Decks of cards on on top top. of fate, exactly. And then the 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 horror aspect mixed with the traditional Wild West. It's a really fun game. I've I've only done kind of a a shorter campaign of it, but I'd like to do I'd like to try and revisit it at some point in time. But it's fun to kind of take your players into a world where at first everything seems normal. They're doing kind of mundane things, and then you slowly pepper in. The weird until some pretty crazy monsters start showing up. <laughs> so that's that's my first one that I wanted to mention: Deadlands, the Weird West. All right. Well, I'll trail on that, and uh, I'll actually talk about
1: one of my newer favorite mashups or smashups, and it's uh, Westworld. I I I know you've seen it, and I've only recently have seen it. I, I had a chance to watch the old nineteen seventies version of Westworld, which was very. It's a movie, right? It's a movie. It was. Uh, it was a movie. It was very one level to where uh, it didn't. It didn't go into depth about like character development. Mm. I think most of the movie, like good forty minutes of the movie, was just them being in this West World, and the general premise is that it's a futuristic society that the super rich can afford this almost amusement park that is the Wild West recreated, but all the people in there are robots except for the people who are paying to be there. But there's almost no way you can distinguish between who's a robot and who's a real person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's just like the old West. You got your saloon, you got your real whiskey, you got your real bar fights, but nobody can actually kill you because everything's nice and safe. And mm-hmm. it's an amusement park. It's just what it's like to live in the old West. But what happens in the movie? Of course, a robot goes rogue and, <laughs> it's like robot robot like you can take his face sure, off right. and he's like I'm a robot and he kills the guy's friend and then he's chasing him all over Westworld but then uh, of course there's the TV show that came out mm. and we should mention that we're not going to spoil anything about the TV show no it is
0: still r- recently released yeah, and it's, very... yeah. And,
1: and it's it's just the idea of the movie that it uses because right. the movie like I said it's very one level mm-hmm. but the show goes so much more in depth about artificial intelligence and, mm-hmm. and how that develops and they're not just mindless robots it's all about this, this really sleek sci-fi kind of futuristic world and this grungy old west but these this nice little combination of both of them and of course, it's got Anthony Hopkins in it, and he it's got Evan Rachel Wood. Also fantastic. Yeah, and and so it's it's just it's fairly it's it's extremely well acted, and if you get through the first season, there's some crazy stuff that happens, mm. but it also opens up the idea of of advances in artificial intelligence, and it gets you really to think, which is, uh, it's I mean if that's anything that's a mashup thinking about a western <laughs> weird. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, it's definitely one of my new favorites and it's, it's hard to talk about without going more into depth about details of the story, but I don't want to ruin it. Definitely go find a friend with an HBO code and just use theirs. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: I don't think we could possibly recommend this show enough. It's pretty fantastic. <sighs> yeah, A
1: lot of people say they can't, they have to get through the first two episodes, but I think it hooks you right at episode one. But if you're one of those people, then make sure you give it a chance and really get through it because it's, it's, uh. It's it's racy. It's it's fun. It's it's intellectual. It's it's all sorts of things.
0: Yeah, um, and it, it's one of those shows that benefits from multiple viewings too. You'll pick up so many little things that you didn't yeah. notice, and they're they're so good about it. They're these tiny little treats along the way that they predict things way in the future in terms of episodes. Like five episodes down, uh, these little these little. Little tidbit, little yeah. a little just a, an image for a moment. It's a very well thought out yeah. story.
1: It's great, but yeah, that's my number two or my number one. I guess my number one, the number two. Sure.
0: Well, my my number two, the list number three. <laughs> this is gonna get real confusing. Con- <laughs> continues down, man. We have a we have a theme here, Mike. Um, I want to just get these out of the way. Sure, we're <laughs> in the mindset. This is uh, my the next one I have on my list is. Firefly. Oh my god, a western. <laughs> yeah, so Ish. Firefly was a show uh that was on in the early 2000s and it is it is western themed, but it's a space western. So it's a sci-fi show, it's set in the in the future and it follows this ragtag group of of individuals who are they're kind of rogues essentially. They're smugglers, they, they they take on odd jobs, they do what they need to do and like they really are a random group of people from like a captain. They've got a preacher on board. They have a uh, a, a lady who deals in the more physical uh, <laughs> happiness, the more ways of becoming happy. <laughs> Why didn't you just say she's a prostitute. She's a prostitute. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so it's it's a very interesting group of people, and they go on all sorts of uh, maybe heists or jobs that they pick up. I mean, there's even a train robbery episode in the show, just to to really hammer home the point that it is space it is a it's a it's a sci-fi show it's, they're in a ship they're flying around but they're essentially like a posse or a group of almost bandits you could think of who it's the, it's the wild west of space they're kind of in the fringes of things and they pick up whatever job is going to pay sort of thing oftentimes and there's these these dilemmas between the the morals of maybe a job or an opportunity to present to them and how they actually want to act um but the train robbery episode alone is just like, hey, remember this is a this is a western show, and like, <laughs> you know, they'll land on a planet that is like this desolate planet. It looks like a saloon in the middle of like a dusty area, but there are still hints to like the advanced technology that's going on as well. Uh, it's it's a really it's a very fun show that's it's got a lot of good lore in it too, because there's there's like a whole war that kind of happens that
1: seems like a very civil war esque kind of thing. Uh, and then, but it's
0: all futuristic. They're all, like, laser guns. Right. <laughs> in this war. And um, they kind of, like, they look like old revolvers. Like, it has that very much, like, uh, the, the captain, he wears a long brown coat. He was part of the, the group, the brown coats. And it looks like the sort of leather duster that you would see in a, like, a Western character walk into town and throw his duster back, and he's got his revolver by his side. <laughs> um, they really do kind of play up that that theme throughout the whole thing it's it's a really great show unfortunately cut before it's time yeah Um, it was uh fox
1: the great people at fox uh decided to play it unless they're our sponsor no uh they decided to play it out of order as it was being created for some reason and so people couldn't follow the story and it ended up being canceled but they still have a full first season, mm-hmm. and and Joss Whedon created this. If you didn't know that, also Nathan Fillion's in it. Mm-hmm. He's great. But they uh, they made a movie out of it yeah. afterwards, Serenity. Um, Serenity, which ended up answering a lot of questions, if, especially if you watch the entire series. And if you get a chance, series first, then Serenity. I went
0: backwards and I watched Serenity mm-hmm. first, and I was like, I love this. And then I watched the whole series. Sure. So that's that's my number two. I think that ends our our theme in the wild west i think so i hope yeah. so <laughs> I mean, if you can't tell mike and i have a we have a type <laughs> i just don't know we'd we'd probably go to westworld personally oh in a heartbeat <laughs> in a
1: heartbeat yeah but you'd be the one killed by the android in the 1970 version. <laughs> uh so my number two slash list number four is uh the western before western i mean uh the nightmare before christmas <laughs> Sorry, I got it on the brain. A Nightmare Before Christmas. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. But I'm not gonna try to not say any spoilers because it's a movie. Great it's, movie. It's an old one too. <laughs> I feel people have had
0: a chance to see this movie by now. Uh, it's stop
1: motion animation. Tim Burton conceived film about a guy who runs Halloween Town, basically, and he's the the king of Halloween Town, Jack Skellington, and he he's tired of Halloween. He's missing something, and then he ends up stumbling. Upon these this little glade in the woods that has all these trees with these doors, and they're all in the shape of different towns. I guess or I guess they're all in the shapes of different iconic symbols of holidays. So there's like the Easter egg, there is the Christmas tree, there is the, uh, I think there's a flag for Fourth of July. You know, American. Sure. Sure. And he he opens the one that looks like a Christmas tree because it intrigues him, and he falls into Christmas Town, opposed to Halloween Town. And he's uh, a fan- uh, he's he's really uh, en- enamored with all the stuff in Christmas, and he takes it back, and he wants to take over Christmas. And so they steal Santa Claus, and they do all bunch <laughs> of stuff. It's it's like it's pretty basic idea of mashing two things together, right? Um, And then he learns from his mistakes and and all that, but it's also a musical and it's it's all the musics by Danny Elfman And he even sings for Jack Skellington even though he's not the voice of Jack Skellington But he does a really good job very iconic
0: songs a great mashup of two different holidays Yeah, Danny Elfman. He's pretty famous not only as a Hollywood Composer, but uh, I think I've mentioned this to you before his band Oingo Boingo so it's his it's his own personal music project and uh, yeah, check out Oingo Boingo. It sounds like you,
1: something you'd read on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Oingo
0: Boingo feels like a mashup in itself in terms of the completely different genres that are thrown together, but it is super, super fun. And I guess kind of keeping with the theme of Nightmare Before Christmas, go listen to the song Dead Man's Party. Uh, it's really, really cool. And it just shows that Danny Elfman has some pretty crazy range if you listen to all of his Hollywood projects and then go listen to Oingo, Oingo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, there's there's not much to talk about as far as what is in Nightmare Before Christmas. It's just a nice blend of the two holidays together. I mean, I think when I was a kid, I always liked to mash up the holidays in my mind, like always having Christmas in July mm-hmm. or, or secret Christmas. It's really actually just Christmas now that I think about or it. Or breakfast always, for dinner. Oh, yeah, Christmas for dinner. Oh, breakfast for dinner. Oh, my God, breakfast
0: for dinner. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, my question to you is, is this movie a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? I think or do we have to choose? We don't have to
1: choose. Uh, I think this movie is an in-between. It's like a Thanksgiving movie. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so don't watch it on Halloween or Christmas. This is This is like a... Thanksgiving rolls around, you're like, man, I really miss the fun of Halloween, and I can't wait for Christmas. So what
1: you'll do is you'll watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, as then... Thanksgiving movie ever. And then you'll watch Nightmare Before Christmas as you tuck the kids to bed, as they dream of John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a... Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Fantastic choice.
1: All right, well, now it's your turn. Okay. This is your number three. My
0: number three. Last one on my list. You want to skip your number three? I think I might explode if I don't talk about this. I just saw the coffee you've been drinking. My my number three, list uh, number five here, is my favorite genre of all time. Or my favorite example of a genre of all time. You're
1: describing it. You're just losing time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh,
0: it's Shadowrun. Sha- oh, Shadowrun. You've you mentioned this before, maybe yeah. Maybe once or twice. Shadowrun is, a. It's again, a role-playing game. That is set in a near future so it's a cyberpunk game Uh, it's depending on which version you're playing it's anywhere between like 40 to 60 years in the future and because it has this near future theme that means technology is advanced but it's not like crazy spacefaring advanced although there is a colony on Mars but it's more like hey you can get like a robotic replacement for your limb and there are are self-driving cars and you can plug your brain directly into a computer and that's how you surf the internet or that's one way that you can search what's called the matrix. Um, and so it's a cyberpunk game at its core which means and it, it was invented in the 80s and certain versions of Shadowrun feel like they were invented in the 80s. It is the near future of the 80s and meaning that there are neon lights everywhere people have like chains and leather jackets and like multicolored mohawks like that's the ci- that's the punk side of the cyberpunk that's going on here. But like that mohawk, it's not real hair. It's like fiber optic cables. So that's your, <laughs> that's your cyber side of it. So, I mean, cyberpunk in its own is a sort of mashup of genres. But the real mashup with Shadowrun that makes it different than other cyberpunk is the fantasy element that's in there. So, in this world, not only has technology taken off, but in the recent future elves and dwarves and orcs and trolls and even dragons have all returned and so you play this the the game itself is you are criminals and you're you're just breaking the law you're just performing (laughs) heists and crimes of various sorts trying to trying to make the most money leave a dead beautiful corpse or make a name for yourself whatever your Shadowrun style is and I mean you have groups of elves who are slinging magic next to a dwarf who's like Plugged into a whole set of drones that are flying around, that are trying to infiltrate a warehouse that is owned by a shell company that's owned by a shell company that's owned by a dragon. <laughs> like that's the sort of game that we're talking about here, where you get your cyberpunk fix, you get your heist, your, your kind of gritty, gross futurism with the fantastical. Uh, it's it's so much fun. I, I think love your this eyes game. are dilating. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's I love the game. And there's tons of different ways that you can play it. I mean, the, the regular version is crunchy, it's heavy, it's hard. I don't recommend it to people who are maybe new to role-playing games, but there are alternative ways of playing it or to play in that world. And uh, you should pick up the SNES game. Or yeah, there are. There's the Genesis and the uh, the SNES games, which were two totally different games. But yeah, they they really fall on that did noir. They stay in the same
1: world. I don't think I played the Genesis game.
0: Well, it's it's the same idea. I mean, they're they're totally different. Like one is a sort of like detective sort of story, and the other one is like you're a runner and you're going like you're just picking up jobs and things like that. But it is those really call upon because of the time they came out. Like the near-future gritty, gross side of it, while more recent Shadowrun stuff has been more, like, clean, and look how cool technology can be. So new Shadowrun's kind of getting away from the grittiness of cyberpunk and really elevating the fantastical, so there's a whole spectrum in which you can play based off of rules that you like and, like, the sort of cyberpunkiness that you like. And I have to stop there, Mike. I have to stop there, otherwise I will keep going. I
1: didn't want to interject a lot because I wanted you to get as much in as
0: possible. So Um, how about you give give us our last one? All
1: right, I'll give you your last one. Completely different than Cyberpunk. Completely different than Westerns. And that's uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Who? Uh, We have to watch the movie to find Mm. out. (laughs) Because if you haven't seen the movie, that's a really good... I know that's... I think it's even older than... Nightmare. Nightmare before Christmas, but it's still one of those movies that like I, I don't want to ruin it sure. if you haven't seen it. Basically who framed Roger Rabbit, if you haven't seen it. It's it's set as like a nineteen twenty thirties detective kind of thing. I think this one's like nineteen forties. But it's it's old school detective and you have um Bob Hoskins who plays uh Vincent oh no. Eddie Eddie Valiant, that's his name. Eddie Valiant, and he's the he's the detective who's Whose brother was dead and he used to be a partner so now he's he's always drinking and he takes some odd jobs here and there it's the but quintessential he, like yeah. PI who's yeah. just really down <laughs> on his luck but uh, what you find out later was that his brother was actually killed by a toon because there's a toontown R.K. Maroon owns toontown and toontown is exactly what you think it's a bunch of cartoon it's where Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny live and they are both in the movie uh, And uh, so toons and people live
0: in the same they world. live in
1: the same world but there's whole different places so you have uh where they are in new york and then you have a tunnel that takes you to toontown which is mm-hmm. entirely cartoon and then the Toons can come over to to the live action area and then you can you can go over there but you don't really ever want to go over there too much so it's like space jam it's, it's sort of like space jam yeah just now like space jam. all right but that's a different smash up <laughs> And so, uh, what happens is somebody frames Roger Rabbit, uh, as the he's a tune? <laughs> and Roger Rabbit is a tune. He's a made up tune for this movie. Uh, and there's a bunch of made up tunes for the movie. Um, but then Eddie Valiant, uh, doesn't trust a tune, but he basically has to take the job to find out who framed Roger Rabbit. And he's trying to keep him under hiding. And there's, there's all this little nuances that go into it, but they, uh, they have, they have, a uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd is, is, uh, the one kind of bad guy and he's, he's walking around and he's trying to kill tunes and he's got what's called the dip and it's basically like a turpentine and, and it gets rid of the colors of the tune because they're just oh, made yeah. of ink. And so if you put a tune inside the dip, it kills them and that's oh, the no. only thing to kill a tune because you can't smash a piano on them. You can't blow them up. They're going to live because they're tunes, but there's a lot of wonderful little moments and, and the whole smash up of this old detective film noir kind of movie with, Cartoons in more of an adult setting mashed up, but then even in the tune world, you have Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. In I think this is the only time they've ever been in the same thing. Right, Disney and, and Warner. Yeah, D- and Disney Warner, they actually had a contract. they were like the only way these two are on is if they're in the scene, or if they're in the movie, the exact same amount of time. (laughs) And so there's one part where Eddie Valiant is in Toontown, because he has to go and follow a lead, and he falls off a building, and he's falling off this building, and Bugs Bunny shows up in a parachute, just kind of falling with him, and then Mickey Mouse shows up in a parachute, kind of falling with him, and uh, Bugs Bunny mentions he's got, like, an extra parachute, and then Mickey's like, you sure you want to give that to him? He goes, yeah, give it to me, and of course it's just filled with, like, pots and pans and everything. but it's 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 really almost impressive how they were able to do a lot in this movie because you are taking cartoons which they have to draw on every single film panel um in like a live action but they also have to have these tunes act with things so if somebody's wearing a hat it's a live action hat on a tune in this live action world so they had to figure out ways to like Hang things off of strings, or have something stand in in a place of a tune, but they're oddly shaped, so you, you can really use people. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's it's this one. It's a great movie to see in general because it's just it's very fun. It's very deliberate. It's it's and it's very colorful. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great movie. And there's a lot of nice little twists and nuances, and just funny gags if you're like that slapstick stuff. That's that's totally
0: up your alley. Yeah, that's right up my alley.
1: Who am Roger Rabbit? That's the way to go.
0: So those are some smash ups. Some <laughs> mash ups um and that's our top 10, Six. <laughs> it's a uh it's just a, a sort of homage to and in the game smash-up itself is a sort of homage to this idea of bringing together our favorite things it's it's one thing to have like oh i really love ninjas but so i guess i'm gonna watch this ninja movie but i also love pirates so i guess mm-hmm. i gotta watch this pirate movie why can't you have your peanut butter and jelly on the same sandwich sort of situation or your peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever your whatever your fix is, this is the sort of game that says, hey, remember how we all love these things? Let's throw them into a big <laughs> pot and see what happens. And there's a surprising number of examples out there of other things that do that. Mm-hmm. And there's a surprising number of expansions for Smash Up. Yeah. Um, so much so that when you get the
1: box and you open it up, <laughs> you get um, about eight decks and they're very small decks that you mash up with each other and then a ninth deck that's all the bases but then you have the rest of this huge box with all these empty slots in it and you almost feel a little gypped but at the same time you're like okay this is a nice little carrying case that I can hold all my other expansions that I can add all together and smash up Uh, which is smart on their part but at the same time when you open it you're like wait a second
0: (laughs) but it is nice to keep everything in one spot so they were thinking ahead in that regard yeah so if you want to play a card game that is a sort of strategy card you know deck building not fully advanced deck building like some other games can get but a, a fun little strategy card game smash up is a pretty fun one especially since you get to maybe describe these weird scenarios in which dinosaurs and zombies and wizards are fighting against one another <laughs>
1: but you got anything else that's all i got well that's all you got well you, could you
0: be should, talking about you should stop me um, yeah yeah we should just close the computer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, if you liked what we talked about or if you like smashing things up or if you have any questions or comments, go ahead and uh, email them or send them to beyondtheboardpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at goingbtb. That's b-t-b for um, babies, turbo bots. Baby turbobots. Baby turbobots, which is a great mashup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, if you like that terrible joke, you could also subscribe at uh be a on lot iTunes. more of them. <laughs> there a lot more of them. Uh and write us a review. We like reviews. We want like some average reviews or some fantastic reviews. Shout out to Eric Stallings who wrote our first review. Yeah, and thanks Eric. Eric. Yeah, thanks, Mr. Eric Stallings. I'm assuming you are Mr. Yeah. But uh yeah, thanks so much and uh and I'm gonna go smash a sandwich in my face.